Hello, and welcome to a Paradise Lost podcasting channel. My name is Brendan, and I'll be your editor for this game. Uh, so in looking back at the other game, I realized that we never talked about one of the mechanics of Goblin Punks due to an audio issue during the recording. So during the character creation process of Goblin Punks, you're asked to create some Goblin slang. If you use other people's slang, uh, you get an extra D6 up to a max of 3 during gameplay. I, I feel like this came across pretty well during gameplay, but there was some issues with audio when that we were explaining that that got cut out uh, instead of uh, screwing y'all's ears over. At the end of this episode, we will also talk about the system, what we enjoyed about it, and what we didn't, as well as some of our outtakes. Also, to get this announcement out of the way, either on New Year's Eve, this following Friday, or the Friday afterwards, we will start posting our long-awaited return to the world of Exalted with Like a Dragonblooded. Along with the game, I will also be updating our World Anvil page for Exalted for that game. That will update as episodes update. With that out of the way, we hope you enjoy Goblin Punks Part 2. You see the group of 10-year-olds crest the burnt debris hill. And as they are on top of the hill, standing just behind them, you see what looks to be a very large ogre's head. Uh, they drop in on the corrugated quarter pipe and roll over to you as the trembling footsteps of the ogre draw near. Hey, we're back! And we brought a friend! He's, uh... He's got the stuff you wanted. This is, uh... Biggie. You know... He's, uh, he's like Tiny, but he's not Tiny. So we call him Biggie. He's got the muscles. He's he's our he's our uh, syrup guy. Hello. The uh, ogre kind of takes like three steps to cover the distance that it took the ten-year-old uh, several seconds to ride on their skateboards, and kind of stands there looking down at you all with a finger up his nose. I have syrup for my friends. Are you friends, new friends, or old friends of my old friends, new friends? Hello, Biggie, the ogre. It's a pleasure to meet another ogre in town. Now, uh, we are some of the newer friends, but of your old friends. So if you could please deliver the syrup into the custody of... My compatriots, that would be fantastic. I appreciate you. Okay. I will put it here. Who wants the syrup? Tiny's gonna start walking towards the syrup. Excuse me, my compatriot Waffles, would you mind checking the authenticity of this syrup as you are our local syrup connoisseur? 
You, you know, I was just about to do that, but uh, since you suggested it, uh, now I don't know if I want to, but I'm going to anyways. Uh, Britt, can you roll me a check to see if you are strong enough to hold the syrup keg? So by my count, I have two coins, and uh, I'm going to use both of them. So as... Uh, as Tiny approaches, the ogre, like, kind of drops the keg that he was carrying on his back, off of his back, onto her. And this keg is, like, the size of a small house. <laughs> but Tiny, confident in her wiry muscles, just reaches up and grabs the full keg, holding it aloft. With ease. Um, so you said it's a keg, so it do- does it have a tap on it or not? Uh, yeah, it does have a tap on it. It is facing out from Tiny. Like, she's holding on to the back corner, and it's on the, uh, front side facing towards you. Okay, Waffles is gonna go up, um, get it so some of the syrup will flow out. I know it's going to take a while because it's syrup. Um, and then when she gets a bit, she's going to do that thing where she takes a little bit and, like, rubs it in the back of her gums, kind of, like, swishes it around her mouth just to try and, like, get a taste for it. And I realize it's syrup, so it's gooey. So you have to imagine swishing syrup, gooey syrup, around your mouth. Uh, Yeah, it tastes like toasted marshmallows. Like, probably... It tastes good, which in Goblin equates to bad. You make up your mind. But to normal people, it tastes like toasted marshmallow maple syrup. But it tastes like what we want it to. Yeah, it tastes like what was promised. Oh, man, that's Nakas. That's great. All right, all right. So, uh, your friends over there down an alley in the box... Didn't put the lid on it, because you guys are back in time. But, uh, yeah, Crackers is over there. So, uh, we're good. Thanks. Uh, just from down the alley, you hear a small voice. I'm in the box! I'm in the box! Where is everybody? I'm in the box! In the, uh... Ten-year-olds scatter down the alley to their front. Oh. Um, so you'll have a flavor of syrup. Well, we now have syrup. Did we need anything else for the uh, for the rave? I don't think so. Do we want to start heading to the forest where all normal teenagers risk their life in partying? I mean, a piñata syrup. Uh, I gotta get ingredients to make some waffles, too. So, uh, we need to figure that out. But I could probably go by my house and get that. I love waffles. They are the superior breakfast meal. My friend, you are correct. So, uh, I'll bring you some by after... Actually, you know what? Fuck it. You can come to the rave, too. I also don't know where that went. Yay, new raves. Uh, you are a friend. 
I will help you get to your house quickly. Which direction is it? Uh, Waffles just kind of points off into what seems like a random direction. But if we head all the way down there, it's like a maze, like almost a rat maze to get to the center. And it is just... The house is built very precariously, probably about five stories tall, but it's only about, each one's only about the size of a room on each floor. And all of the walls have like little perforated holes in it that make it look like the little wells of waffles, but they're just holes. Perfect. Do you want to walk the party there or take the quick way that was offered? It's a waffle house. Ah, yes. I love being on Westerfield Lane. Brick out the joke. <laughs> also, I love that you live in a Waffle House. Also, this this entire city is just the alphabet, and then Esterfield Lane. That that's the that's this entire city. I it's canon now. This city's just knockers. I will give I will give the ogre directions in my uh, in my best GPS voice, which is just a. Uh, <laughs> which is just uh, Mitz's regular voice. Yes, the GPS voice that calculates artillery aiming as he picks one of you up, whoever volunteers, oh, and throws you across Kesterfield, Nesterfield, Besterfield, and Acerfield. All the way to Westerfield Lane, landing safely on top of the Waffle House. If no one volunteers, I will volunteer. Are you kidding me? I'm going to take that as well. Go for it. So just one by one, this ogre launches goblins through the sky to land in the Waffle House or on the roof of the Waffle House. Are Waffles' parents home? Nah, they probably work in the streets. Take that however you want to. Heard. Bridget said they're working at the Pancake House, and oh man, I feel the insult. <laughs> yes. Well, Mr. Waffles is out uh, running his cartel. Miss Waffles is at Principal Pancake's house. Making pancakes. Bacon, bacon, pancakes. Like international house of pancakes? Yeah. You know, he works at the embassy. It's international. But anyways, um, I reckon roll to search your house. See how well this search goes looking for uh, waffle ingredients. One of you is going to fail a roll, and I'm going to have my day. It's going to be me. Dude, this is ridiculous how many times we are rolling sixes on a d6. The game specifically says nobody dies in the adventure, but I feel like as soon as somebody fails a roll, I'm going to have to kill you just for the impact. Or, you know, just like horrifically disfigure us, break a leg off or something, peg legs. Yee. All right, so uh, Christina, would you like to describe what the inside of your house and the following process looks like for, to everybody? 
Okay, well, you have to keep in mind, like, like I said, there's tiny little square holes on all of the floors because, you know, waffles. Great, makes great ventilation um, because the, the place just smells like breakfast. Like, it's very clear that waffles and other goods are cooked here all the time. It's, like, embedded in the walls, the smell of it. Um, and there's basically a ladder that runs right up the middle. And the upper floors have like little beds in it. The it's they look like little. It's like a how do I explain it? Uh, it's like two bed. It's like a four bed thing because you know she has multiple siblings, and they're like little waffle wells that they sleep in with like a pillow and a blanket, uh, and sectioned off. Um, and then searching through the house, the first floor is kind of like a little living space, and then up above that is the kitchen. And there's just vats of, like, ingredients to make waffles. Like, you've got some flour, you've got even, like, some water, you've got some, like, toppings. Like, some, there's, like, jars of chocolate chips and blueberries and all this stuff. Some of it looks, you know, worse for wear. Some of it might be going bad, but, you know, who cares? Um, and she just grabs a sack and just shoves jars and just scoopers and loose bits into the bags without even measuring or putting them into other jars to take with her. And everything's just in these little tote bags. As you are scooping jars, a little gremlin jumps out of one of the piles. Like I'm talking tiny and like lands on the corner of the wall, like Spider-Man and just darts around the room. Big sister, big sister, what are you doing back? You were supposed to be in detention. I thought you were cool. Why are you such a pudge? Whoa, whoa, whoa. You holding crackers? Like, what What the hell are you doing here? I got into mom and dad's special syrup. I'm running around circles. I gotta run the energy off. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. You were supposed to be in detention. I thought you were a cool kid. Cool kids don't come home. They stay in detention. They do cool kid stuff. While, while they're sitting and prattling on, she pulls a bottle and, like, dips it into some syrup so it's like coating her hand and the outside of the bottle and puts the nipple on it and just shoves it in his mouth and picks him up and drops him down the ladder. Wait. Goblins are elastic. Uh, yeah, that problem solved. Uh, so you've got your ingredients. He got the kid taken care of. Now you all progress to the forest. Because you got to find that spot that's just right for your rave. As you make your way deep into the dark Vesterfield forest. Vesterfield woods. Uh, deep in the forest, you come across a clearing. Uh, as the sun is setting, you see the clearing already has a fire going in it. And inside it, sitting around the fire, is a person in blue robes. Uh, someone who is clearly a human in shiny metal armor that is currently uh, 
taking their armor off and polishing it. A person in like a black ninja outfit. And a guy sitting at the fire just playing a lute. How would you all like to proceed? You said this is the clearing that we wanted to use for the rave? Yeah. Without any hint of trying to be quiet about all this, uh, Mitz is going to just look to uh, his crew and just go, All right then, Duzzy, you've got the big boots. I would suggest that while that man in the armor is down, you should kick him square in the asshole and send him sprawling. Uh, Tiny, if you wouldn't mind using your baseball bat, you can break that man's loot and watch him cry. And finally, Waffles. Stick that ninja with a knife. So, I guess I'm gonna go smack a thing with my bat? Break the bard's loot? Yes. I wanna see something. What do you wanna see? Of course I don't roll a six. Yeah, they don't They don't hear you. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm very surprised they do not hear me. I specifically said that I am not trying to be quiet. I mean, they are level one adventurers. I got boots too big for me, so, like, I'm surprised I'm quiet. We didn't say you were quiet, we just said they were deaf. <laughs> Okay, okay. So I'm going to go, uh, I guess, break the bard's loot. Yeah. Um, can I get a roll from everyone, each person, to fulfill your plan? I have one coin, and I am using my baseball bat, so total would be three for me. Oh, no! Perfect. We should probably see how the, the other ones go as well. How many are you rolling, Akila? Um. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna go. What's this guy doing? Polishing his armor with a pudge, which gives me an extra. So with using my item plus three coins, I can roll four. It it only counts on the dice bars. Ah, but I like mine. Yeah, I bet. We gotta keep the same dice algorithm for everybody. Hold on, one second. Again. Well, no, she got a four, so that is, uh... That means that she still did it. Yeah. But I get a bad thing on it. And then uh, Christina's waffle's gonna go stab a ninja. Yeah, and I think I'm back up to two, because I think I said you're holding crackers for uh, my sibling. Um, but I'm only going to need, so I should have two coins, gold, whatever the fuck we want to call them. I'm using my knife, so that gives me one, and then my regular one. So I think I'm just going to use one of them and roll three and see what happens. The extraordinarily violent one gets a six. Yes. They are messing with my waffle-making process. It's very sacred, and you don't fuck with it. Okay, uh, so I, I didn't tell myself to do anything, so I'm not doing anything. I'm just kind of watching as these goons do my fucking bidding. <laughs> and, I'm, <laughs> and I'm just kind of, like, watching. Um, please describe to me what happens. I have a thing that's probably going to happen in a moment. 
I was going to say, make me a roll to observe it. <laughs> what would that even be? Why would I have to make a roll to observe, Cody? To see if you can see it, because I want somebody else to fail. <laughs> you know, I'm, I have eyes, so I'm going to say no. You have eyes. That's a proper equipment. You get to roll an extra one. No. <laughs> so, um, what happens is uh, the goon squad uh, rolls up on this adventuring party and you see waffles with just their all out uh, <coughs> family inherited viciousness uh, jumps from the tree line and tackles the ninja landing on top of them as she cuts open his shirt and gives them the law and order tic-tac-toe mark. As she does this, um, the fighter stands up from their sitting position uh, and like as they're leaning forward to stand up, it's like the perfect angle. And uh, does he's uh, does he kicks him in the ass and almost literally gives meaning to I'm gonna break my foot off in your ass as they pull their foot out and no longer have their boot. Um, soon there'll be a different type of snake in my boot. So there is a. <laughs> Screaming ninja with waffles on top of them, teaching them the meaning of justice. A groaning fighter rolling around the fire pit, and the bard stands up and uh, goes to strum their loot as tiny tries to jumps again from the tree line and swings their bat down to uh, try to knock the loot out of their hand into the fire. Uh, but instead of knocking the loot, they miss and the baseball bat catches fire as the bard begins to play through the flames and fire by Dragonborn Force. That's knockers. This inspires the wizard. I'm sorry, what? The wizard who was keeping watch. Okay, so first off, who the fuck lets the wizard keep watch? You let the fucking sorcerer keep watch because they use wisdom as, or as a fucking set or like someone. No, 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 no. Okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Did you say the sorcerer uses wisdom as a stat? No, no, they don't. Sorcerers are curse-based casters. Oh, well, excuse me. I thought that I was saying it right, but I guess that uh, I just don't have the chops to play D&D. Um, so. I'm going to watch this. And the wizard is going to. And as soon as I see that uh, Tiny's 
bat is on fire. I'm going to run out of the tree line. How dare you? I was going to say the wizard is beginning to cast fireball. As a level one wizard, sir. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Flaming hands. Flaming hands is a level one spell, right? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. He's about to cast flaming hands. I'm going to run at the wizard straight on. Exposing my cool jacket and letting it guide me along the breeze as I run at him with my lighter flicking on. And then, as I get close to him, I'm going to dual-wield both of my hats and begin assaulting him with my hats. And as I do this, I'm going to look the wizard dead in the eyes, and I'm going to yell, Sir, you can go suck an elf. This is my rave. (laughs) Roll for it? (laughs) Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just making sure Cody meant burning hands instead of flaming hands. This is legally distinct. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. Just like, uh, just like uh, Through the Flames and Fire by Dragonborn Force. Ah. Uh. So, I know that I've used at least two catchphrases recently. Um, yeah, you are at your max of three. Okay, well then, uh, so I'm going to be rolling the regular D6 for just attempting it. Uh, Since I have two hats, I have two extra D6. And I'm going to just throw all three of mine at this, because why not? It's a resource that I'm maxed out on, may as well, and I can just yell catchphrases to get stuff. Oh, look, there's a six. So, as you... I would like to... If I may take it away, bud, I would like to, as that he is casting uh, burning grasp or scorching hands or whatever, as that his hands are beginning to alight, I would like to put them out with my hats and make him punch himself in the face with his own burning hands and make him knock himself out. Because as we all know, was have like no HP. Yeah, uh, that happens. And as you all finish uh, taking care of your individuals. I think they're still a bard. Yes. You all turn back to see Tiny squared off against this furious playing bard. Staring uh, intently into each other's eyes. As he strums the chords, preparing to... He's waiting to attack because he's already used his action for this round. So it is only polite that he allows Tiny to take their turn. Ah, in that case, uh, Tiny will stare at the bat that's on fire carrying it up high in the air and screaming because she is terrified of fire and runs off around to the other side of whatever they're at, the fire pit or whatever. Yes. 
Tiny runs screaming, and the bard looks confused. He doesn't say anything. But he plays... Song of Inspiration. <laughs> yes. To uh, calm the burning goblin down. So that she doesn't burn down the forest. Uh, Brit, roll me... Make me a check to not burn down the forest. You have an extra d6 from the bard's inspiration. Do I have one for my bat? Since my bat is the thing that's on fire. No, because technically your bat was... The item was destroyed with your last roll. Damn it. Okay. So, two. Ayy. Never mind. Ayy. So, running around with the inspiration of the song... I'm Polite Bogweather. You, uh... Have the forethought that a bat is just a stick, and a burning stick belongs in a fire pit. Not running around. And you drop it in the fire pit. Adding to the blaze that burns glorious, because... Goblin wood changes the fire color to green. So you now have a green fire that uh, is burning high like a beacon in the sky to all the teenagers in the area. The uh, bard kind of looks around and stops playing. So... None of you are... Why are you not attacking? We understand him. You tell me. He is speaking common. Um, I mean, goblins, generally speaking, only know goblin, uh, if we were talking about a D&D setting, but what, what, do you, what do you guys think is more fun? That we can understand him or not? I'm more confused by the fact that he says none of us are attacking and I have this guy like flat out on the ground with like a knife over them. Right. Into their chest. Well, he did say attacking me. After the wizard has been knocked out, I'm going to uh, put my hats back on and approach the bard. Hello. Can you understand me as that I am speaking to you right now, my friend? Are you speaking in goblin or common? Speaking in fucking goblin. I'm I'm a dropout of goblin high school. Do you think I actually know fucking common? All right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Hold on, Donnie Thornberry. I uh I don't want any trouble. Um what what are you goblins like? Uh and he pulls a uh pack of captain wafers out of his pocket. Kind of flashing it like you do a cocaine baggie. Uh, you know, I, I didn't like these guys anyways. Uh, just uh, let me let me be. What a pudge. Look at this guy over here knocking his crackers around like a true connoisseur. Now, my friends, I believe that it is time for the time honored tradition 
of the be of the beginning of the rave to have charades. Now, if you all could join me in telling him that if he does not begin to use his bardic abilities to give us the sweetest rave possible, we'll cut his dick off. I, uh... I, uh... I could use some some cool music for this rave. Fantastic. Let's all play charades to show him that we mean business. I don't understand a word that is coming out of your mouth. And then we begin to we begin to play charades because we also do not understand a word that's coming out of their mouth. After Waffles is taking care of uh, her person and just kind of like kicked his body into the woods. She's just going to sit back against a tree and watch this happen because she does understand comment, but this is funnier. I'm going to uh, take off one of my hats and set it down and stand by the hat and pretend to strum a lute badly. Then I'm going to have my other hat and put it on me and then start to do the best goblin dance that has ever been done. Trying to mime to this person that if he stays and plays music for him for us, he might survive the night. Make a roll for me. Okay, so I'm obviously using my hats for this. So I think I have like 4d6 for that. Oh, wow. I didn't get a six. So... As you are, as you finish your dance, you make a bow, tucking a arm into your chest and then extending your hat arm as you bow forward. And the hat that was on the greasy, well, which hat would you prefer to lose? The newer hat. All right, the hat that was on the head of the greasy shop owner immediately ignites. I'm talking like flash paper ignition. And just... In a blaze of glory. The... Bard drops his loot in awe and begins to clap. Oh, that was so amazing. You are honoring me as a... Goblin deity? As, yes. I am Calathar the Great of Besterfield Woods, bringer of music, god of the goblins. I will bring you your music, crazy one. I will name you Tuk Tuk. I'm going to call back to my goblin brethren. Does anybody have any idea what that he just said to me. I feel like it might have been a little bit insulting. I, I look to I look back and forth between the two of them. And then I look to the person, the the bard. Yo, fuckwad. He wants you to play his music. We're throwing a rave. So you either play him the music or go suck an elf. Oh, you're ha- why didn't you just say we were having a rave? Because it was funny to watch my friend play Serage with you. He doesn't even know what I'm saying right now. Yeah, I'll I'll definitely 
Like, I don't get gigs often. That's why I got to adventure with these losers. So, yeah, like, how much is, how much are you paying? We got a pinata. I'm making homemade pancakes. We got a, a nice uh, marshmallow syrup and some other stuff that I got from home. Uh, and we won't kill you. So, choices. That's like five times as much as my last gig paid. Hell yeah, I'm in. He uh, pops a mysterious pill out of his pocket. And his pupils go to the size of saucers as he strums furiously a familiar tune. Are you ready? And between the flaming green pyre and the sound of polite bog weather, people begin filtering in for the rave of the century, raving about syrup and waffles. And I think unless there's something else you all wanted to do, we can call that. I think that sounded pretty good. Uh, do we want to go into how do we felt about the game? We've got a little bit of more time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Cody, thank you. Uh, thank you for running this game for us. It was fantastic. Uh, definitely something that. De- de- really glad that I uh, that, that I showed up tonight. Um, how did you feel about the system as the person who was running it and had to actually understand the rules? Well, I didn't have to understand the rules, but so much because somebody couldn't roll anything less than sixes. So it didn't get too much into the, uh, difficult rules, but Reading the rules, I do like having the set, uh, what is it, shame and trouble counters. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's similar to uh, Flavicoop's uh, chicken counters. Chicken and escape? Yeah, chicken and escape artist. Um, I did like that mechanic better than the uh, sexy battle wizards where you just get every time you get an adversity you get a uh, boost that you can spend like it felt cleaner in my brain anyways I also think that for both for both for sexy battle wizards and this like we were on fire with the dice so like a lot of the the negative stuff did not come up. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's good. Like, it was still interesting storytelling. And I definitely feel like this is a setting that is has more mass appeal. Because, like, Sexy Battle Wizards definitely appeals to the faces of the tables. So, like, if you don't normally play a face, it takes a little bit of a... Finding your space at it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, uh, I don't think we mentioned in the podcast, but these are both made by the same uh, 
the same developer. Uh, what's his name? Grant Howitt. Yeah, Grant Howitt, who actually makes a bunch of free one-page uh, one-page RPGs. So if you're ever looking for an easy one-page RPG, uh, what's his Twitter handle? Well, we don't need to do shout-outs. We don't do shout-outs. I, I can put it in the sh- I can put it in the share notes. I was just gonna say Brendan can put it at the beginning or at the end when he does the the stuff for it. Yeah, so if you go to his Twitter at G G S Howitt, uh, you can pretty much get all of his uh, one page RPGs for free. Uh, I think he's also got a website where you can pay what you feel for them. But yeah, doing good work. I appreciate his games. Yeah, um, going off of that, um, I, I like the system. I thought that it was, uh, I, I think that it's actually better to have uh, multiple items that are, uh, like, I really took advantage of having the hat and just making it be my fucking thing. Um, but I, but like, if I had had, like, cigarettes and, like, uh, like, like a cloak or, like, a length of rope, like, I absolutely would have had that be, like, I probably would have been doing more things, but I literally rolled for my items and it was like, you have two items that are basically the same thing. And then a lighter. Like, what the fuck am I going to do with a lighter when I have no weed? Um, I, uh, as is pretty obvious at the, at the beginning of this recording, um, I do not like the goblin slang. I like the goblin slang system. I don't like having to come up with goblin slang. It took me most of today to figure out what my character's fucking name was. Um, but besides that, uh, like with all the other uh, one page RPGs, I like it. I like that it is just a single D6 roll and then take the best. Um, I think that it's super fun. And I like that the the failure um so we didn't really get to go over this a whole lot. So there's the uh, if you roll a six, you you do it and fuck off. There are no consequences. Uh, four and five are you do it, but the GM gets to give you either one of two negative stats or take away an item. But one of the things I really do enjoy about this is on a one through a three, you don't do the thing, but you as the player get to pick out either taking a negative stat or losing an item. Um, one of the things that we unfortunately did not get to get to um, is that uh, for the shame and trouble stats, the negative stats, um, if you if we were to like get into trouble and then uh, one of us, like me, I don't know, uh, ran away and hid instead of facing the combat with the rest, I could. Uh, remove a d3's worth of trouble or if i go above and beyond and impress the group i could remove a d3 worth of shame which is the other uh negative stat that you get so it's very much like a uh hey do cool shit or like remove yourself from the scene to get rid of your negative stats but basically that we had not been rolling like as on fire as we were tonight um 
we absolutely probably would have gotten like we probably would have been engaging with that a lot more. Um, I think that's about it for my take. Uh, if you guys have anything else, Michaela said, "Yeah, what you said." I really enjoyed it. I thought the catchphrases thing was kind of funny and definitely added some fun to it. Um, it didn't take me that long to come up with a name and a catchphrase this time around, which is normally like harder for me to come up with shit like that. But I guess I was just ready to go. Um, I think we both actually came up with it maybe like an hour before the game. I don't even think it was that long. I think we, we came up for here. it as we were sitting in here starting the game and you guys were like, all right, yeah, we need this, this, and make sure you have a name and a slang. And we immediately came up with our slang. Um, I enjoyed the game. It was definitely fun. I didn't feel like I was put on the spot by having to be a sexy wizard because I know that one was a lot harder for me to uh, get into character. This one was definitely a lot easier, and it could have also had to do with the fact that I've played a goblin before um, in our other goblins games. We still need to finish those. <laughs> and technically, I played a goblin in... Uh, Iron Kingdom, so I, I guess I just really like goblins. <laughs> but other than other than like what you said, Brendan, with the um, shame and trouble, it would have been fun to be able to get some of that. I honestly was starting to get annoyed by all the sixes because like we never roll this good ever, like ever. The fact that we were rolling great on a game that's supposed to be like fuck it, let's go was kind of obnoxious. Uh, I disagree. Um, you know when we do roll this well? Whenever Cody's running. Yeah, because <laughs> y'all definitely did entirely fuck that, uh, the rolls on Wizards. Yeah, yeah, remember, remember how, like, just blasted out the ass that Wizards was? And then even before that, when it uh, when we were playing Pathfinder with Cody, remember how just obscene the roles were in that too? Yeah, I guess so. I still my 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 opinion still stands. I was still getting kind of annoyed that we weren't getting more fails because I would have loved to see that kind of stuff come into play and really get a feel of what happens if you suck. You know what? That's fair. I was going to say, and I never got to use my length of rope. Well, I mean, we did have to keep this game to a one night thing since it, uh, next week is D&D. That's all right. I'll use it to hang the pinata. There you go. Anybody else? I mean, I came up with my character and everything pretty quickly. And as I mentioned before, I feel like I usually play the more not adult character maybe i guess the more quote-unquote responsible person in a party if we play so it's kind of nice to just be like fuck it i'm a chaos goblin i am a punk who will cut you literal chaos goblin literal chaos <laughs> goblin <laughs> um but yeah it was pretty easy and quick to to figure it out i didn't get to use my my goblin boots because i kind of forgot that that existed um, and pretty much just leaned on the pocket knife and just intimidating things. 
the catchphrase is kind of neat. It just some of the times I couldn't really throw it in without seeming like it was just a frivolous throw in to get the the points for it. Uh, try to make it actually kind of flow a little bit. Um, overall, it seems really easy to to build it and do it real quick because we didn't really have much planning. We had, I guess, maybe today really to plan to for everything. I don't know how long Cody's been planning for like the story and stuff for it, but I think us as players maybe had like today to Christina and I literally had the thirty minutes before game start and got our characters together. We had no idea what game was being played, when we were playing, what we needed to do, because we were busy today doing stuff and just didn't have time to look at it. So 30 minutes before game start, we sat down and were like, this is my name. This is my stuff. We already rolled our stuff. Let's go. Yeah. Um, I do wish we could have gotten to mess with the shame and trouble a little bit more. It would have been interesting to see that come into play. But again, we just had one night to kind of get everything out of the way. Um, So this could definitely have if it were different circumstances this definitely could have been a longer thing like even just a couple of sessions just to explore the weird of everything with it overall i like it i think i do like it better than sexy battle wizards uh it took me a while to get comfortable with sexy battle wizards um this i just kind of just rolled into i was like fuck it i'm gonna try and do this accent and see how many times it changes to a different accent which it i don't even know how many times it did and I'm just going to be that I will cut you, stamp you into the ground, and throw you in a river kind of punk. That's fair. I mean, I I, I like this. Uh, I, I did like Sexy Battle Wizards a little bit better, but I think that's just because it, it leans into the tropes of uh, media and everything that I'm used to. And also, I'm used to listening to my own voice and over the last two years and have kind of grown a... Uh, I don't want to say narcissistic attachment to my own voice, but uh, it it definitely just lets me just have no shame and just lean into tropes. Don't get me wrong. I really enjoyed Sexy Battle Wizards. I really did enjoy it. But it was really hard to get into the character at first because I just, I don't play provocative, sexy, whatever characters Same. because I don't see myself as that. So it was really hard to be that with confidence and you and like people like you and Cody have that confidence and don't care attitude where you just fucking jump into it and go. And it's great. Christina and I kind of struggled with it, but I enjoyed Battle Wizards. It was fun. Uh, Once I got into it a little bit more, it was fun, but I was still kind of on the uh, I don't know what's going on kind of fence. I think for me with, with with the wizard one, I know we keep comparing it to that one. Um, I leaned more into the magical aspect of it, which that was easier for me. And then um, I guess the other one we can try and compare it to would be chickens. Uh, I feel like this was less chaotic than chickens. Um, that one was so bad. Yeah, that one went a certain kind. That one went a certain kind of way. Brit hit a 10-year-old with a baseball bat. And still less chaotic than chickens. You made me. <laughs> yeah. I think that also the other thing to keep in mind is that the system in chickens was also slightly different. Uh, the Sexy Battle Wizards is pretty similar to this, but chickens did have a different feel to it. Uh, Because there was, like, the stat 
management and everything. It was a little bit... It was different. But out of all of these one-page RPGs that uh, we've played, I think that, honestly, um, Goblin... If I was going to introduce someone to, to RPGs, um, I think Goblin Punks would be the one to do it with. I agree. I, I, I think Britt and I both agree with that. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. This one's a good... It's a, this one's an easy one to play, and you can literally just, like have fun with it and not feel obligated to act a certain way. Yeah. I mean, you do feel obligated to act a certain way. And that certain way is being a dumb high school teenager, which all of us have at some point been. Yeah, it definitely leans more into the goofy. Goofy and fun. uh, Stuff. Which. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, this one has been the absolute easiest uh, to get into. My pre-planning for this game consisted of me rolling who was going to stop you, which is what created the vice principal, which was a spoof on the uh, principal from Breakfast Club. Um, and you took care of that within the first, like, ten seconds. What can I say? I'm kind of the whenever that you give me the opportunity to be in the group, I'm the face of the group. Except for Brogorg. Okay, except for any character where that I have a charisma score. But like even then, that's not not true. It's just Brogorg doesn't have a good voice because he's not supposed to have a good voice. Brogorg and Raylan were kind of uh very similar. Now recording. Welcome everybody to our another uh, one shot. Tonight's adventure is Goblin Punks. Oh man, Kay, hey. you 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 had the perfect opportunity to do the uh, to do the intro that I always do, and you missed it. What's the intro? The. Oh, you could have you could have totally like started it off with just going hello and welcome to a pair of dice lost podcasting channel. My name is blank and here we're do- like you could have totally done that. Oh, yeah, because we're we're introducing ourselves with pronouns now. Yeah, dude, That's pronoun, right. Pronoun checks are kind of useful. And also uh, introducing characters and your name are uh, character and name is like super fucking useful because then people can like hear us or, or like kind of like associate name with character or voice with character yeah. alright let's try that again forget what you just heard Craig Craig will never forget he's about to learn now no, no, you go baby that way I don't have to let go of the alt key <clears throat> um, so Mitz's slang uh, is uh... God damn it, I don't have one for this. I haven't <laughs> It was in my head at work and now I can't remember. So what else go first? Okay, I've got it. Ogres is uh or Mit Mitz is uh uh Uh, 
Ah, uh, God, I feel like I'm walking around my room trying to find inspiration from somewhere. Yo, what are you doing trying to insult my name? He is nowhere as cool as pancakes. Er, well, I should say, let me rephrase it. Fucking baby! Anyways. <laughs> Sorry, as soon as you asked that, I stuck candy in my mouth and I couldn't answer. Fair. Yeah, keep on. Oh, sorry. I didn't know you were still talking. Wolfry was my father. <laughs> All I'm saying is think about what you guys put me through for chickens. <laughs> going to find him in a different box. Holy shit. Oh. You think you can make that sound effect for me? Probably not like I would want to right now, but... <laughs> Paradise Lost ASMR. That's an extra 50 bucks, listeners. Oh, uh, yeah, no, they're going to have to subscribe to a Patreon that doesn't exist to get that. I'm taking that out. Dude, I can do so <laughs> many sound effects, it's not even funny. <laughs> You guys didn't have to sit next to her while she did it. You know, I was going to make like some kind of like ordering a hash browns at a Waffle House joke, because like I remember it being like I remember in the two times that I've ever been inside of a Waffle House that it's like a weird like way that you like order order the hash browns there. And I just I, just, I, I can't remember. Yeah, you get them smothered, covered, kept and uh, peppered. <laughs> OK, there we go. Every time <laughs> you come across a Jesus, I mean, mine's doing the same thing. It's your wife, Brendan. I know. Did you just say dick that ninja with a knife? I said stick that ninja with a knife. No, okay, no, that's far less offensive than what I heard on my own. I heard dick that ninja. All right, cool, cool. We'll do that. We'll do that as a second take. Okay, here we go. And waffles, dick that ninja with a knife. Michaela says, "Dick that ninja should have been your goblin sling." Wait, that's what you called it, right? I think that is what she called it. But yeah. since you since you specifically called it that, now I'm just gonna be like, she gives him the Law and Order. Dun dun. Just, just, just so you know, um, I saw somewhere that the that particular sound uh, is actually trademarked for Law and Order, and if you use it, I don't know if mimicking it will is a thing, but if you use it, you could actually get sued. Oh, I think his dun dun was the wrong notes, so we're good. I'm just putting that in first. Editing. This game was recorded in front of a live goblin audience, and they approved of our chaos antics. All gobbo children bounced, and no one that didn't really deserve it was hurt in the process of this recording. 
If you like the show, why not give us a like or subscribe on your podcatcher of choice? Reviews are also helpful in helping us get out to more people with our weird tabletop antics. You can follow us on Twitter at A Paradise Lost and on Facebook at A Paradise Lost Podcasting. If you want to send in any questions, you can send them to A Paradise Lost at gmail.com. Our theme song for this game is Be Chillin' by Alexander Nakarada, copyright 2017, under a Creative Commons license. And for making it this far, remember when times seem tough, You're the toughest of the goblin punks.